Hi, Victory. Pastor Ashley here. I am so thankful for the opportunity that we have to connect throughout the year as women. Our encounter gatherings that we have, as well as our groups that happen throughout the entire year. This morning was special as mamas of this house gathered together for some very meaningful, intentional, purpose-filled conversations, as well as impartation from a group of ladies who are seasoned mamas who call victory their home. I am so thankful for the space that was created for what took place was beyond my expectations. I want to make sure that you have this recording of conversation that you can play and replay as you gain wisdom from this incredible group of ladies. I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak directly to your unique season as a mom. Enjoy. I am surrounded by some incredible moms. You can be an incredible mom, but not be a perfect mom. There is no perfect mom up here because we are all human and imperfect. And by the grace of God, he's able to, um, we're able to find strength in our imperfections when we choose to really rely on him and invite, invite him into the way that we mother. And um, I really, really hope today that you remember some specific things that are spoken today, that you write it down, that you put it in your notes. Um, There's going to be words that were spoken in your group. There's going to be words that are spoken up here. Whatever sticks, whatever's sticking, whatever just, ah, that hits. I can't get that off my mind. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. God speaks so much more to us than we even realize, but we don't take the time to recognize or we overcomplicate something or we think it has to be a this big grand idea. And a lot of times when I'm listening to people share, something bears witness. Some It's a question I've been asking, something I'm going through. And I want you to know, man, that's the voice of God. Write that down. Lisa Bevere says, we honor the voice of God when we write it down. We recognize that's the voice of God in my life. So if there's one thing that you can take away from, you determine what's your takeaway from this, really, by writing that down and saying, that is what I needed to hear today. And let the Holy Spirit build upon that the rest of the day and the rest of your weeks or whatever whatever that looks like. Ladies, God loves being on the journey with us. He loves being on the journey. We're not an orphan trying to navigate motherhood and parenting by ourselves. Although we act very orphan-like a lot of times because we try to do it by ourselves. But we have a father, God, who's waiting to be invited. And so many, my motherhood changed and got more exciting and joy-filled when I didn't compartmentalize it. When I didn't try to, from this is my time, my worship to God, and this is my motherhood. When there was an integration, when there was a merging of it, when, and it required giving a lot of grace, it required recognizing, yeah, there has been a lot of days where I didn't have this full-on Devo moment, you know, of whatever it might be that I could um, express my worship to God in the way that I mothered my kids. And it truly did change um, because why? Guilt and shame were lifted off and I was able to see clearly. Guilt and shame rob us of so much joy, so much confidence. And it's the devil's plan. And we're going to talk about some of those things up here. And we're going to get into some healthy conversations um, and meaningful conversations. And I hope enlightening conversations just about healthy rhythms and schedules of our home, where where it's been missed, where we've hit the mark, and where we've missed it. And so I pray that as we share our vulnerable moments and invite you into the journey of each of our um, seasons of motherhood that you can lean and learn uh, learn from it. And so we'll just we'll just dive in and then before you um, before you speak, whenever you speak, just say your name and uh, the ages of kids kids that you have and then you can dive 
dive into dive into the question. Um, but I want to first start with the whole idea of this quote that I heard from someone um, in a book called um, Habits of a Household. And it's the ver- it's a very small book and I listened to it on I listened to it on audio. And I will tell you that I am, um, it's not that I love to, to read. My, my reading, honestly, is out of desperation. When I feel like I have lost control of our kids and I have no idea who I am as a mom, what success, I feel like a compass spinning around in all directions, I tend to glean for practical tools and insight and wisdom to help put me back on the path. And so um, I'm not trying to add something else to your play on like read read this book, but we all hit moments of breaking points where we're like something, I need to expand <laughs> my knowledge and I need to get a different tool on my belt. And something that he points out in this book, and I want to dive into it because I think it's foundational for all of our motherhood and and uh, our kids' destinies are really attached to it, is how well we allow ourselves to be discipled by Jesus as we're discipling our kids. That is so important. Um, he says this, and you might want to write this down because it's so good, that our best parenting comes when we think less about being a good parent and more about being children of God. Our best parenting comes when we think less about how to be a good parent and more about being children of God. You know, I loved one of the answers as I was talking to one of the moms about being success, and she didn't even realize the profoundness and the beauty of what she said is, is honestly, she was like, I guess it's maybe just taking time to know that I'm loved by God. That's powerful to, 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 to allow God to love you in the mess and where you've missed it and where you've made it, that allowing God to meet you in that moment that you allow God to disciple you in that moment, um, is so, is so important. And I have found God more in the loudness in my home than I even have in the most powerful worship service at Victory. But that happens when I allow, um, when I stop compartmentalizing and I just be like, God, this is my life. You've, you've chosen this, like use this. I don't have to be a certain way or do a certain thing or knock things off my um, spiritual discipline list to come to you, you know, like to invite God into the here now to invite God and find God. And that comes from being authentic and real with God in, in those moments. Family is so the heart of God. It's so the heart of God. Why do we compartmentalize it? Why do we lack the faith? Why do, why are we so concerned? Why do we carry so much worry and, and stress revolving around something that's so close to the heart of God? And Kim, if you want to just speak on that of what uh, what that means to you, what's a what's a rhythm of thinking? What's a routine um, in your life as a mom that honestly hasn't even changed? You have different seasons of kids, uh, ages of kids in in your um, in your family, but what's been something that's been so spiritually formative, a routine maybe of thinking, a rhythm of thought that you just keep going back to? Well, uh, my name is Kim, and I have six children, and my youngest is in college, so we are on another uh, another season. And, you know, one of the things I was thinking about, first of all, thank you for bringing your babies. It reminds me, I have homeschooled our children. I spent 25 years homeschooling, and it reminds me of a homeschool conference. So anyway, thank you. I feel right at home. Um, But one thing I was, you know, thinking about, and I think it's something where I think our culture is pressing in, and saying that our kids' voices are important, 
over your voice. And I love the scripture, and it was one of those plumb line scriptures that the Lord has used in my life over and over again about the, that children are arrows in the hand of the warrior. And it's interesting when you think about the arrow, that it had to be formed, it had to be crafted, it had to be, the shaft had to be straight, the arrowhead had to be carved off, and it was the warrior that determined the direction of the arrow, where it went. And the arrow was the most offensive weapon of the day to hit enemy targets. So our children, so part of it is just coming up with a vision for your family. Where we, Greg and I say, we are not raising children, we're raising adults. God-believing, God-fearing adults. And so you as a mom, get and dad and your husbands, pull your husbands in on this. You get to determine what your family, you get to be creative. You get to build this dream of God's family. What does your family look like? And I think that when you have that inside your spirit, and it's like, wow, we want our kids to really love Jesus. Make a list and then work backwards. Like, what do we want them to be when they're 25 years old? We'll work backwards. Well, we want them to be responsible. Well, that starts when they're three years old and two years old. We want them to be kind and loving. Well, that starts in your home. And I can tell you that everything you put on that list, it's going to be assaulted, right? I mean, you're going to be, but that's your training manual right there. And so integrating God into those moments. And for us, it was such a, and I, I, think, I think it's interesting that we are parents at the busiest seasons of our life when we're still trying to figure out ourselves. You know what I'm talking about? Your husbands are figuring out careers and building their you know, careers. You're building you know, your self-worth and identity and Christ. But bring your kids into that process. It is not something that we have to be perfect before we can be parents or we, we've failed, right, we, before we started. So allow them to be a part of your growth in Christ, your love of Christ, and what that means for you every day. And I like, I think Ashley, I've shared this with Ashley before, but what if you pouring a bowl of cereal was an act of worship to Jesus? It's like you're thanking Jesus for the cereal for the cold milk and the Cheerios, right? And you could be having waffles over at Waffle House, but you've got cold Cheerios going on. But thanking Jesus for that. It's like, Lord, this is an act of worship. I get to worship you by being here, present with my children. And what if you just started practicing the presence of God in your home with your babies? Yes. I just want to say something um, first, Pastor Ashley, thank you for gathering. I had the best conversations with these ladies around the table, but I'm looking out and I see um, Mrs. Bishop holding somebody else's baby, which is so beautiful. I see our amazing kids pastor on the floor back there playing with the kids. And this is a rhythm that I have had, our family has had since our kids were little. Our, my kids are grown now, but there was a rhythm of thought of my mindset that I, I never thought, and if I did, I would take this thought captive. Motherhood is not a limitation. It's a gift. So when I started to say, I can't do that because I have kids, I had to switch that. I can do this because I have kids in this season. I can do this. But when I start viewing motherhood as a limitation, I start to resent the gift that God has given me, right? So you need to have a rhythm of your thoughts. Here's the other rhythm that has stayed consistent. My oldest is almost 26. We had a rhythm of planting. I love that Miss Bishop is holding somebody else's baby. That's so beautiful to me. There was trust that someone else let her hold the baby, and there was open arms that she took that baby. I love that Pastor Sarah is on the floor playing with all of these kids back here. You know why? Because we need each other. And so there wasn't a rhythm of like, hey, I, I, I can't do this because I have kids, so I'm going to be alone in my living room until I can. We brought our kids. I think it's so beautiful, the noise in here. Because motherhood is a gift, and we need each other. We need people to hold our babies. We need to be able to nurse in front of each other. We need people that will sit on the floor and play with our babies while we weep. We need those things. And so a rhythm of how you're thinking and your mindset is so important. It's one of the greatest gifts you can give your kids is to say motherhood is a gift. I'm not limited by this. And also, look around this room. I was thinking as I got from the table, I want to exchange numbers with these ladies. I was so blessed by the conversation that... Look around this room. Be planted in this, in this church. Be planted. Have people around you that when you start to say something, they say, hold on a second. Wait, does that line up with the word of God? Is that, that, that the approach that God has about motherhood? Okay? Sometimes we compartmentalize motherhood, 
It's not who we are. It's a gift that we've been giving, given. And when we start to find our identity in motherhood, then we really feel loss through different seasons. Not just a grief, but a real loss. Okay, so I just pray right now that, that God shifts any minds and that we see motherhood as a gift from him. That's so good. Um, so good. Uh, the rhythm of thought and the way that we, everything that we do is an act of worship to God if we decide in our minds that this is an act of worship to God. That we can take the most ordinary things. God, here's my, is it two fish, five loaves? I always get the mix, the numbers mixed up. Two fish, five loaves, that here is this in the hands of God, he can multiply it. Of whatever that looks like, where people who always feel like we never have enough or we're never doing enough, the rhythm of thought and taking thought, that thought captive, is recognizing I'm, you know, there's so many stories in the Bible where there wasn't enough or people felt like they weren't enough. But in the hands of God, it was enough and it was plenty. It was plenty. That, oh, I don't have enough time to give to this kid. I don't have enough this. But you know what? Here is my two loaves and my five fish. God, you make it enough. In the hands of God, I get to decide. I get to decide how I give that gift, how it can be a worship, uh, worshipful moment to God. And I can be in that, I could be pleasing God just as strong in that moment than I could if I was in a five-day conference, if I was single with no kids, you know? So I think it's our, it is our thought, the rhythm of thought and the spiritual formation of what Kim was talking about, that everything that I do can be of worship to God. Because what happens? You could, you could, in your mind, it could be a worship to God in the way you discipline or the way that you address the situation. Your kid's probably not going to see it as a worship moment to God, right? So does that mean that you missed it? You've got to know in your mind, no, am I pleasing? We're not, li I love what you were saying. We have, what'd you say in the culture that it's children's voices are louder than the parents. When we, we're to be the ones louder than our kids, but ladies, we're not going to, if we don't have these healthy rhythms and routines in our life, we don't take these times of solitude because we walk around way more defeated than we should, way more hopeless than we should because we're doing too much or trying to be all things to all people. And guess what? You're doing all the things you think you should be doing. You're meeting all the needs of everybody. And what? You still feel like crap. You still feel like you're not doing enough. It's a, it's a posture of heart that makes the things that are so ordinary and makes them really extraordinary and purpose-filled because you've expanded your perspective about that. And then it makes whatever season you're at, whether you're at work or whether you're at home, it makes it significant because you know that you're pleasing the heart of God. Um, okay, talking about other rhythms, um, you know, Rajani, you were sharing um, in the in the back room just a, a rhythm. It sounds it's not even based around. We hear rhythms and routines, and there are moments of practical things that show up in our schedule. But sometimes it's just the rhythms of who we are and opportunities that we create for things. In the way that you shared, that there is a rhythm of honesty in your home that actually where you missed it in the past saved relationships with your kids because you had a rhythm of honesty and openness. Will you share about that? Thank you, Pastor Ashley. Uh, my name is Rajni. Obviously, you know, I come from India, so I brought a lot of cultural beliefs with me as um, I was parenting. But my foundation, again, was Genesis 18, 19. Even before I had a kid, I just knew, you know, God speaks of Abraham as he, he was so sure of Abraham that he would pass the covenant and that he will order his uh, family according to the word of God and in his righteousness. So I was big upon that. But where I failed was there were a lot of rules and uh, there were less of practical things with the family and 
um, you know, with the children. And I have two kids. I have a 21-year-old who's gone through victory and is now at OU. And my son is 15. He's at BCS. And so whatever I did wrong with my older one, I had to relearn. And I was sharing that uh, my daughter, who is 21, is... Uh, helping me or training me to be a better mom with my 15-year-old. And that's where the rhythm of honesty came. So over the years, I realized that we cannot uh, parent with this set rules of just, this is, I'm a parent, I'm your mom, I'm telling you, so you do this. And I realized that was not going to work all the time. And there were times of discussion. So wherever we failed, we were able to, I was, I became very intentional a few years ago. Uh, the best gift that I could give to my family and my kids was uh, being true to myself, uh, letting God heal me. And for that, there were a lot of intentional steps, being in a discipleship group, going through Restore, plugging for the groups, if you haven't joined one of them. And those helped to be intentional and have a community around you to help you. So we uh, are very honest with each other. Uh, you know, they very clearly will tell me, Mom, you just walked in with a very stinky attitude. I would hear that. But to this day, even when I've failed big time with the rules and being like, you know, restrictions, I, we have developed the most beautiful relationship with me and my daughter and my son where we can have open conversation and go to the days and say, okay, what we missed, what, but it was all on the foundation of pleasing God, knowing that is he is the ultimate that we answer to. And uh, learning to not compare myself with others because obviously coming from India, a lot of my rhythms are very different, looks very different from a lot of households here. And just blessed by, I think I'm bringing in too many points, but blessed by the community around when you have like, you know, I'm not a football mom, sorry. But my son loves being at the football stadium a lot. So I have parents who help me take him wherever they go. So I didn't have to, you know, so those just knowing who your family, your village is and um, creating that space where your children feel free to or open or comfortable to come and say where I have missed or what could have been done different? What could I have you said different, which, you know, has helped our relationship. That is so admirable, Rajani, and I, you had so many beautiful points about your journey of your own personal healing allowed you to walk in the humility needed to even create the rhythm and culture of honesty in your home. And what we're doing, we, are, we all have a culture of our home. Do you know what the culture of your home is currently? Do you have a vision of the culture that you want? Well, that culture is not going to come from the amount of services that you attend. The culture is not going to come from the amount of things that you do. It come, those, those matter, but the culture comes from who we are. It comes from who we are. Again, that's why it matters that we don't sell our soul to schedules, society, the opinions of our kids, their wants, their needs. That as moms, as ladies, no matter what seasons we are in, I cannot stress it enough, we have to be centered. We have to be centered. We cannot live. There are moments where we're spinning everywhere, but we have to have moments where we find our north, whether it's a phone call to a friend, whether it's reaching out to someone. I honestly believe that um, we are, okay, I know that, you know, men are going to say we're, we're more high maintenance, but don't get me started. I just, I just think that if I, it's amazing. I just need quality. I need, I need, it's amazing what a quality conversation, a quality phone call, a quality nap, 
a quality, whatever, a quality moment with Jesus. Like, it's amazing what can happen in those small moments to just center myself long enough to where I'm, I'm north long enough <laughs> that I can start finding my, start finding my way. You know, that we can't be, uh, uh, we can't, there's moments of life where we just feel burnt, right? But we can't live always like a piece of burnt toast, like, and we're just fried at both ends. And so we have to take responsibility for our own soul. And from that, that comes the culture of our home. We're, the, the habits that we create, again, habits, yes. Sometimes we immediately go, I got to work out. I got to do this. That's important. Okay, I, I'm not demeaning that. But what I'm saying is the culture of your, the habits of the way that you think, the habits of the way that um, you find yourself in community, even in the messy, what Amy said, bringing your kids, you're forming the habit. You're, you're having family meals when people, when the kids are, you're trying to have last night, trying to have this, you know, Thing my my sister sent me on Pinterest. I was like, that's a good idea. And we've done it two times. It's called cookie chats. And we make cookies and we chat around the table. Um, it's a different way to do highs and lows. And nobody can have a cookie until they share about their high and low. And honestly, we're learning, shut up, respect your brother. I didn't say shut up, but I wanted to. I was like, guys, be quiet, respect your brother. He's talking. And I'm like, test, what was his high? What was his low? There's moments where it's chaotic. But it's the habit. It's not just the habit of mealtime. What is it doing? It's conversation. It's meaningful conversation. It's, but if I didn't cultivate in that in my life, how much more difficult would it be for me to cultivate that in my family's life? So I think what you said is so important. And the most deranged relationship can find healing with humility and honesty. I think that's so so beautiful, Rajani. You know, what's interesting about culture is usually that is set by the mother. And so I used to get frustrated because like Greg would come home and I would have all these expectations for him for setting culture until I realized, oh, that's my place. That's what I get to do. And he was always compliant, always jumped in. So I just want to give you all freedom to go build your own culture in your family. So good. Um, on a practical note, um, Brooke, do you want to highlight on the family, uh, like the family rhythms and just family time? You know, I've talked a few different times to you and your husband and just the balance of their extracurricular activities and all the things going around. What were non-negotiables for you guys looking back and be like, this truly made a difference? Or even if there was something where you're like, wow, I put way too much more importance. I minored on something that was actually major or major on something that was actually minored that you saw made a big difference. Because I, you guys all know that when your schedule is off and it's everywhere and it's, it's very unlikely that you're going to have peace in your home when you're just being spread out in all these different directions and we're always going to find so many things to do, to spread out, activities your kids want to do, all the things. So could you speak to just the healthy rhythms and routines that you guys have when it came to that? Yes. Hi, I'm also very glad and honored to be here. And my name is Brooke, and I have, we, my husband and I have five children. The oldest is 26, and the youngest are twins, and they're 20. So they're all um, either in college or, or just out of college. Um, and yes, yeah, speaking what, to what Ashley said, we found um, when our children were younger really fast as far as our schedule went that we, um, we, we kind of needed to get everybody sort of going in the same direction. So we just happened to choose running for our children, just work, because otherwise I was sort of finding myself running all over Tulsa every, almost every single night, dropping kids off where they had to go for their different practices. And we weren't together, and sometimes I would be late to pick up a kid because the other, you know, team wasn't done yet, and it just was chaos. So um, we we just kind of started forming a different, like, view, maybe, I would say, of our family. Like, if, maybe you can even call it, like, a mission. Like, what's the mission for the Maisie family? Like, we, just like you are, are unique. 
your, your, yourself as the mom, your dad, your husband, the children themselves, they all bring a uniqueness to your family that's going to be set apart and different from everybody else around you. And if you can just steal away enough time to seek the Lord and say, you know, what can we do as a family that's going to bring us together, going to direct us to God? Because for us, as I'm sure it is for you, that's number one. How can we bring our children along with us on this journey of life with God being the focus of that? Um, and for us, it was running. So I would say, seek the Lord. Try to find what is a mission for you that's going to be um, separate and unique for yourself, that's going to fit for the personality, the flavor, um, the rhythm, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, for your family. And don't worry about it being different from other families. I know for us, like a couple of the non-negotiables for us were dinner together. And that was really hard to do. Sometimes we were eating at 9, 9.30. I mean, sometimes it was 10 o'clock just because that's when practice was done. That's when my husband was finally home. That's how it worked, but we still did it. I mean, sometimes we were like, we forgot. We just completely said, forget the manners thing. Just eat your food and talk. So if you eat with my kids today and they don't have good manners, you know, it's because we were too tired to actually implement that. But as I have found, as they've gotten older, they actually are around other people, other adults who have actually like taught them some more manners, I found. So anyway, side note. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, just find the unique thing for you. And when Ashley was praying earlier, she was praying about this anointing over y'all. And I just felt like the Lord was saying, you, if you are a mom, you have a special anointing over you from the Lord, and he has given you everything you need in order to be the mom he's called you to be. Whether you have a husband, whether you have a lot of children, whether you have any support or not, he's given you what you need because he's anointed you, otherwise you wouldn't have that child. So when you, when you go through a struggle or you feel like you don't have what you need, just sit back and remember he's there for you and he has what you need. You just have to reach out and get it. Yeah. Man, give it up for all the incredible wisdom already. So far, we're not done. So good. Just pointing out that, you know, I love how you, your goal was together. That was the main thing. To clarify, to write down together. And what that does is that allows you to think, okay, what is it going to take for us to be together? How often does together even mean? Maybe it's starting with one time a week. Maybe it is three times. Does together mean an hour? Does together mean sometimes it's like 15 minutes? Sometimes it's ages of kids, like the attention span. Sometimes, you know, what does, what does that mean? And this goes back to what is characterized as success for you as a mom, that that together meant that you were doing, you felt, okay, I'm doing, I'm succeeding as a mom because I'm creating space for some together time. And that is like, fills your heart with joy. And also, again, the comparison thing is so huge. When you feel like you need to do this or do that, we need to have moments of solitude where we're like, I want to add this. Well, is it because I actually really feel like I'm supposed to, or is it because this person's doing it? Or even if it's because my kid's vocalizing the need of that. It doesn't mean that you don't do it because your kid's not vocalizing. It just means have you brought it to the Lord? Where does it fit? Something with two kids is going to be different with something with five kids. Like, so I, I get that. I'm like some of our kids, uh, when we're like, you just need to do something active, you're doing wrestling because this sport offered uh, three out of the five. And it was at the same time. So sometimes like convenience trumped your own individual passion. And then I'm going to hope that doors will open for that later. And so it's okay sometimes to do things that um, is for the sake of convenience for a home. Because even though you may, you might have tears, you might have explanations or whatever that means, but that comes back from the healthy rhythms and you being the voice of your home instead of your kids or society or kids' friends being the voice of your home, because otherwise, again, you'll be like this. 
the needs of you as a mom is going to be different than the needs of the person next to you as a mom. Like, do you know those needs? The needs of your family is going to be different. The makeup of your marriage, your jobs, the most practical thing, your job, your husband's job, all those things make the, your situation have nuances, make them create even more of a need for personalization. And that's another reason why it's good to have the community. Go to one of these moms. Go to one mom's of you. Okay, can't get the manners thing. The main thing is together, the family meal. That's my goal. It's like, what is it? I was talking to a mom before. It's like, she has like amazing kids. All her kids are older. Um, and she, I was like, what is something you majored on that maybe you could have minored on? And she said, honestly, I put so much stress on making sure that they had such balanced meals. I was just mean about it. And I, now sometimes diet is really important. I get it. Needs of the family, red dyes, all that different stuff. But I'm just saying that so many times it actually makes us feel even better as a mom than it even does affect the kids. And sometimes we sacrifice so much of our kindness and togetherness and we need it to be a little messy. I am so thankful that, and then you find a win. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't always force you to eat these carrots, but somehow you like them right now. So my goal, instead of forcing you to eat them, is like, I'm just going to keep offering them and hopefully you just keep getting them. Maybe my goal will expand later, but sometimes I have to lower my goal. Kind of like what you were saying to, to meet the goal of togetherness, to meet the goal of like, sorry, we have no sides to this meal, but you got your protein, you know, or whatever it might be. Thank God for the dino nuggets from Whole Foods that have veggies in them. You know, just like little moments that whatever I need to adjust to create more peace so I can think things a little clearly. Because I can find sometimes we're so maxed out at certain capacities that we can't add anything else. It doesn't mean we can't add some things later. It just means right now in this moment, I'm experiencing other things outside. I'm growing through, some of you might be going through some financial issues, going through marital issues. Those things, they play an impact on us. And when we're going through something very intense emotionally as a person, sometimes we do need to lower our expectations and change our goals and our success and lower that. Be like, man, if I can just hit this this right here, because we're not at a capacity to emotionally even be there in that. Um, uh, Rhonda, if you would even just hit on just a, what is a constant rhythm in your life when things are changing? You have kids in different seasons. You're reaching down here, still parenting teenagers. You're you're reaching this way because you have a daughter that's married and you're spread out. And just when you think you're here, you're reminded and you go home, you're like, oh, I still have a teenager. What's a rhythm that you either want to do, you're working to do or doing that helps you navigate seasons of change? Um, hi, my name is Rhonda. We have five kids. Uh, we moved to Oklahoma five years ago this summer. Yeah, crazy. Um, so our age is 24 22, 20, 18, 17, 19, 17. So, um, so it is, it's a different season. Um, for me, I think the rhythm is still the, the, (laughs) it is still unfolding, but it's the same in a sense of, and Kim stole it. I was like, Oh really? She just stole what I was going to say. Um, because I've always, I've always, uh, when I've even just talked to younger moms, just one-on-one, um, and they're like, how do you do it with five kids close in age, all of that? Even now with my season spread out, I, um, I work at that backwards in the sense of when the kids were small, what did I want them to be like as adults? And I parented them that way. And so I'm still doing that because what do I want to be like now as a mother-in-law? Cause I'm a, I'm a mother-in-law and I will be a grandmother. And then I turn around and I go, oh, but I still have Jordan, who is a junior. And so that rhythm is probably a lot of looking, um, taking that step back and looking at what I've always done. Is that, does that need to shift? 
or does that need to change because my children are changing and they are growing. And so therefore I cannot speak to my 24 or my 22 or my 20 year old, even like I do my 17 year old, because their needs are different. And I like, Hey, what I was doing when they were little, when they were all five, you know, had five kids under the age of seven, parenting was a breeze because it was all the same. Uh, They were, all the needs were the same pretty much at that age. All the expectations were the same. So when I thought it was hard, that was actually the easy time. (laughs) And now they're... (laughs) their needs are so different right now um, from 24 down to 17. And so I have to get out of my own head of thinking, no, this is the way it's done because I'm the mom and this is the way I've always done it. But they're changing. So therefore I need to be like, okay, Holy Spirit, I don't need to tell my 24-year-old to make sure she puts her coat on. I don't have to do that anymore because she, she finally so sweetly and respectfully one day came to me and said, when you tell me to make sure I have my coat, it makes me feel like you don't trust me, that I'm not smart enough to grab my coat. And I said, oh, no, no, no. It's just my job as a mom. That's what I get paid to do is to tell you to grab your coat. You know, that's that's my job. And so with that, I had to realize, don't, don't do that. It's just one of those little things. It was just that little, uh, every time I would say it to her um, of like, do you not think I'm intelligent enough to grab my coat when it's cold outside? Now I have a 17 year old boy and I will still, it doesn't work. It doesn't matter. I'm going to tell him, grab your coat or at least just throw it in the car at the beginning of the season of, you know, winter, just in case. So that's kind of the, I think my rhythm I'm in right now is uh, almost just a stepping back to see where I needed and in which capacity, because it is so different Um, but what I would tell you, I was thinking this earlier, just take a deep breath. There's so much you put on yourself. There's so much I put on myself. And there are things that my kids now at the ages that they are have said, mom, why do you care about that? And I'm like, well, because that's what a good mom does. And they're like, no, I, it really isn't. We don't care if we do the dishes right after. We don't care if Caleb comes over and the kitchen is a disaster. And I'm like, he can't see the kitchen like this. And they're like, okay, good. <laughs> it's, it's like, that's not what a good mom does. A good mom has the house clean and, you know, all the candles going and worship music playing in the back. And she's always put together. And do your kids ever bring anybody over when it looks like that? No, it's after like, Something has blown up in the house and they're in, in walks like five or six kids and you're like, great, fantastic. So just give yourself a break because you are doing a lot of things right. You're doing some things that Jesus will talk to you about if you allow him, but you're doing a lot of things right. And I think those things, if we do with love um, and mercy, we were talking about this at our table. If you just show some grace to yourself, then you can show it to your kids. But if you think you have to be perfect in your brain, you will think that your kids have to be perfect. And I lived that for the first few years of all their life. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't pan out. Give yourself some grace and therefore you can give them some grace because those seasons will change. Man, that's so powerful. So powerful. Man, how many of you guys sense the Holy Spirit just illuminating certain things that that were that were spoken? God is such a God of um, personalization because He's personal, and He knows exactly what you're walking through, what you're carrying, and even just uh, you saying you're doing something right. You being here today, you know the the mess of it all, the the loudness, the chaos, whatever it took for you to get here. I'm just so glad that you decided to take this space to do it. And just some questions to write down for you personally to take back and do your own little moment, whether it's in the car or wherever it works out for you, is just what rhythms and routines do I need personally? What, what do I, to, to, to center myself, you know, what, what is that for you? Do you know that? Do you know that? You know, I know that I need, I need, uh, I need community even more than I even realize I need it. I went through, we go through seasons. I 
you know, did a while back, you know, you think you don't need it. You're like, you're okay. I, I, I can process myself. I recharge myself, whatever, even, even introverts need community. Like you need a sounding board. You need to verbally process some things. You have a lot of things going on on here. Do you know one reason why a lot of things go on the inside of here and just keep mulling over, mulling over and there's a confusion because you never verbally process it. When you do that, it helps us sort the clutter and it invites other people to help us do the same. It helps us do the same. So that's the, what's a rhythm and, and routine that you need in your life personally to send yourself? Community. What, what, what is it? What is it? A, is, what does that look like? We have so many opportunities here. We'll have slides that will show of just the groups that we have offered. Another thing that we have going on at the Dream Center, Moms of Teens. Um, we have, uh, uh, do you still leave? Yeah, yeah. and um, 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, yeah. Growing Kids God's Way, second floor school building. That's in, you're like, we started last week. It's in the group guide. All this stuff is in, is in the group guide. And so find a life line. Um, again, and not not to feel guilty about it because because you, you need it yeah not to feel guilty because you need it it doesn't make you weak because you need something to to thrive <laughs> like we we need we need that and then it's good to write it down because you get off if you get off tracks if you, if you get off the rails and your attitude will show you or somebody will tell you uh and or you'll find it out when you're talking out to your husband you're like We've been off the tracks for a week because we cannot hit a groove. Like some, don't, don't, that's a moment. But again, burnt toast, that can't be every day. <laughs> okay. We have seasons of feeling burnt, but we can't be that every day. Um, addressing those things. So what are the, what are the rhythms and routines that you need personally to center yourself? And number two, what are the rhythms and, and routines of your family need to take place to create the culture of your home that you want? Is it together? What, what uh, togetherness is, and then work back. What does that look like? Is together in the car for 15 minutes on a school pickup, if that's what it is? Is it before on, is it every day? Is it every week? Like looking at your schedule, that's where the practical things come in. But you have so much more motivation when you know the why. So we have to take time to define the why so we have so much more motivation so we can be way more intentional so we can know what to say yes to, what to say no to, all those types of things. Otherwise, it just feels like isolated good ideas instead of being clear on the why. You know, um, I want us to just take a moment and and it's okay if you're, babies are talking or whatever, but for our, us, if we could take a moment of silence and just be quiet for a second, I'm going to ask Faith to just play the guitar, no words. In our next few moments together, um, we won't take that much time, but in our next few moments together, I just want the panel up here um, as we're praying and as you guys are pon pondering, um, you guys might hear this if you've come to encounter. I make space to process and personalize um, because we, we need that. And if there's a word from God that, that you feel to speak out or to pray over, um, I want you all to do that. And if that resonates with you, you don't need to come to the, the, the front, but if you, you can lift your hand if you want, that's more for you. But whatever's being prayed out or spoken just a posture of your heart to me like, man, that's for me. And I, and I receive that. So let's just close our eyes, bow our heads and just hear what, what God is speaking in our last moments together.
had to um, remind myself constantly and I feel many of us um, need a reminder today that God handpicked you as the mom of your children. He didn't make a mistake because even before the foundation of the earth, the kids were called, we were called for this day. And as you do your duty as your mom, and we have shared this to know that you are not alone. And in Genesis, when he created the woman, the word for the wife or the woman is Ezer Kenegdo, the word is helper, is the same word that is used for God, Yahweh, as the helper of Israel. So he's not looking at you as a weak vessel, as somebody who is constantly needing, you know, at the floor, not knowing what to do. I want you to know he has handpicked you and he looks at you and says, you have me with you. You don't have to do this mom life by yourself. So today, as we consecrate ourselves, even at this time of this time that we live in, in this world where everything is trying and coming against our children, our family, if we moms do not stand up, if we do not stand up with the strength, with the grace that God has, with the anointing that he has given on us, who will? Our children need us as moms to not just raise them up in the ways of God, but to know whose we are and what we have in Him. He believes in you. God loves you. He's with you. want to pray Father God there are hurts that all of us have Father from the way we were raised and I just pray Lord God that you would give each and every one of us the grace and the strength to forgive Father God to show us show us and allow us to acknowledge the things that were wrong. Maybe the parenting styles that were not the most godly. And allow us to forgive. Just put that love in our hearts that we can look back and we can forgive that. That is under the blood of Jesus. So that as we move forward, Father God, that we parent from a place of love and forgiveness, not from a place of brokenness or hurt or resentment. But Father, we can parent our children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So I just encourage you, ladies, if that hurt is there, acknowledge it and just forgive the best that you know how to forgive right now. And free your heart to walk in love. And that overflow will spill out into the way that you parent your children. The way that you mother them. The way that you train them. And allow Jesus to heal your heart. for the, the moms that are here today <clears throat> that have um, husbands who don't know the Lord, who are not following the Lord. We 
lift these men up to you, Father. These, these wives who are praying for their spouses. To have a full revelation of who you are. And Father, I pray that you would give much grace to the wives. Humility and grace, Father. So that by their conduct, they would bring the realization of who you are into their husbands' hearts and into their lives. And I also want to pray that the Lord would anoint each one of you with wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And that as you navigate this life of being a mom, that he would give you that wisdom. You would reach for the wisdom. You'd pray for that wisdom that he has for you and the knowledge and the understanding of all the things that you need to know to bring your child up in the way that he should be raised under the Lord. And as you reach out for that and pray for that wisdom, he's going to give that to you. It's going to be unique and special and it's going to fit perfectly. And I just want to pray for those that feel like their world's upside down, like you're burnout, your life is chaotic, you can't find the rhythm, you can't find that place of peace. And I just hear the Holy Spirit saying, let go. You're trying so hard, you're doing so many things, that you're, you're filling your life with activity and busyness. And I just hear God say, I'm just found in you and in that place of peace and rest. And then out of that, he's going to flow out to those places. He's going to show you the things to let go of, the things to hang on to. So many times that, that, that independent spirit just is like, I can do this. And the Lord's like, you can. Let's see how that works out. And he is just saying, let me be your Lord. Let me be your guide. Let me be the peace and the chaos, the calm and the storm. Let me be just Jesus in the midst of your family. And Lord, we just speak that, just that hunger and thirst. Show us the things to let go of. Show us those things that we're supposed to hold on to. And, and Lord, we do. We surrender and release our kids. So many things, so many times we do it out of a fear. Like we want the best for our kids. We want them to know Jesus so much that we've just legislated him in our lives. And the Lord's like, I am found. I'm just I'm found in the spirit. I'm found in peace. I'm found in uh, letting go. I'm founding it in the release and the calm. And so Jesus is just wooing you to him today. He's just wooing you in and say, hey, I'm here. Just let go. Let me be Lord. Let me be God. Just trust me. I just want to... Um... I want to pray for those of you that have forgotten that you have value. That you've forgotten that you belong to God. The word says that he's called you by name, that you belong to him. And that in the midst of life and motherhood and all the crazy stuff, you need to be reminded today that you are his kid. You're his daughter. And that he he does love you. He wants you to feel that heavenly fatherly love. So God, right now, I thank you that you are reminding us of how much you love us not because of anything that we do, not because of any list that we've been able to check off, not because our kids are behaving or they've done great things. You love us because we're yours. And so God, take us back to that place and remind us who we are in you, whose we are. And it's out of that place that we love you and love our kids. They're your people. They're your kids. We thank you for the gift of motherhood. But God, we thank you most that we belong to you. 
closing, I'm going to ask our panel just to come like down here at the front and then um, Faith, if you want to keep playing or sing or whatever. And then I know a, a number of people um, have to leave or already had to leave, which is great. I love that you just do what you need to do. But I definitely, if there's people in this room who need specific prayer for something or just even a word of wisdom or encouragement, we'll just um, keep the doors open for a little longer and you guys can make your way to, to the front. I know our panel would love to personally pray with you and speak specifically into your situation. We were praying, you know, in Proverbs it says, uh, a timely word is like a cold drink on a hot summer day. And we have a lot of hot summer days in motherhood and marriage and all of our life. And it's amazing what a word from heaven will do and bring alignment and clarity and restore the passion for the assignment of God on our life. And so if that's you, if you need prayer or wisdom, when I open this up or you can connect with people at your table or you can head on out. But I'm so glad that you decided to come. Again, we have, if you're like, man, I want, I want to do this, do this again. How about you make community a rhythm and routine in your own personal life? And then next time we have it, come. That's great. But in the meantime, there's opportunities for groups that are listed on the screen as well as your group guide. And we also have um, one again at the Tulsa Dream Center. So we'll just keep uh, uh, doing these, doing the slides that we have going on. Uh, anyways, love you guys. You're amazing. We actually recorded this audio, not video, but we did record it audio and we'll send this out too. So Faith can continue to worship and then the panel's up here. Love you guys so much. Take advantage of the prayer and the words from heaven. <laughs> 